Welcome to Inside the Talbot Approach podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Harding. This new podcast is an inside look at the power of the Talbot Approach, an approach to working with playing-related problems such as discomfort, tension, pain, and injuries. Through firsthand experiences and discussions with some of the premier teachers of this approach, we'll be sharing how pianists at various stages of learning the piano have benefited and grown through applying the Taubman approach. Sponsored by the Galansky Institute, the Galansky Institute is on a mission to provide cutting-edge instruction to pianists based on the groundbreaking work of Dorothy Taubman. If you're interested in learning more about the Taubman approach, be sure to check out the show notes of this episode and follow links to sign up for our newsletter, to stay up to date with all that the Institute offers, including their premier subscription service that allows you to take lessons on the Taubman approach from anywhere. Let's get into today's episode. Today's interview features scientist Lena Bagapali, who at the age of nine years old started studying with Taubman expert Mary Moran. Mary Moran, of course, is a board member and co-founder of the Galansky Institute. Lena has taken the Taubman approach and applied it to the many facets of her life, whether it's critical thinking in a lab, perseverance in the kitchen, or just enjoying the beauty of her fine art. You're not going to want to miss this episode. It's fantastic. There's so much energy in this conversation. Let's get right into it. Lena Bagapali, thank you so much for joining us on the Inside the Taubman Approach podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So we were just talking and um, you have such a fascinating background. Um, what are you doing like right now? Like what is your kind of lifescape right now? What, what's happening? Yeah. So, um, I actually work as a scientist for a biotech company in Boston, um, which I think, um, people might wonder, okay, piano biotech, how does that kind of all come together? But, um, interestingly enough, I think so much of what I've learned about playing the piano and being ambidextrous, like made me a really good scientist too. Um, but yeah, so I, I, uh, I work in science and I paint actually. Yeah. And, and we're going to feature your website in the show notes for sure. Um, you're an artist. What, what kind of medium do you really enjoy in, in the fine arts? I, I really like um, acrylic painting. So I work with heavy body acrylics. And um, I think sometimes there is um, there has been like a process and almost a rigidity to the way that you approach science or even music. And I started to kind of experiment with color and texture, which almost allowed me to like have this like space where the practice can be right or it can be wrong. And I can just come up with something still beautiful, which I enjoy. Oh, that's fantastic. And and it's going to be interesting in the, the future of music and the future of fine arts and even science, to your point, to see the integration of those 
disciplines uh, over time, I think we're going to see in the near future uh, that these disciplines really reinforce one another in the curious, in the curious mind, and in, in the discovery of this world. And it sounds like you've been involved in music and uh, the sciences and the arts for a long time. Yeah, it was, um, it's really interesting. I think, uh, so I started playing piano when I was three years old and actually, um, my sister and I both play piano. Um, and we also both play violin, um, and started that when I was nine, but I was always drawing. I was always fascinated with people and with music. And, um, it is really what kind of, um, allowed me to be able to explore life. And so, um, when I started kind of going through school, not only were the arts important and music, but um, as I started delving into science, I I started to see even that in the understanding of biology, it can be applied even to music, like mm. even approaching playing the piano. There's something about the way that you actually continue your practice that your body will respond to either a good practice or a bad practice. And there's something kind of integrated in all of that. Yeah. And so you began to study with uh, Mary Moran, uh, who is one of the founders of the Galansky Institute, uh, a board member, just an amazing person, an amazing teacher. When, when did you start to study with Mary? I think I must have been, I mean, probably about nine or 10 years old. Um, wow. I, I, um, I, Mary has been one of the most integral people in my life, not only as my piano teacher, but we had built this bond. She was like my second mom. Like I would go there and we'd have an hour lesson, but really that hour would turn into an hour and a half or two hours where we'd be able to talk about our days or I'd even be able to get her advice. And so she was just such an important person in my life, like all together. Wow. And to be exposed to the Taupin approach at a young age um, for, for many of us listening to this podcast, we've come across the, the Taubman approach maybe later in our uh, piano career or in, in the exploration of this instrument. Um, what was that like? What did, did it, um, how did it help you kind of discover this music? You know, it's really interesting because when you're a kid, you, you know, you, your, your parents are telling you, okay, I want you to practice. I need you to sit. I need you to learn the music. You need to practice. I don't, did you really figure that out? My parents have really good um, musical ears. And so I remember that initially when we started working on the Talman approach, I remember being like, okay, this rotation or this movement or this, like as a kid, you're like, okay, I don't, I don't, I, I will do it. I don't understand why. But then as I slowly started getting older, I remembered that it made playing music and playing the piano so much easier because mm. um, I have small hands. So to tackle like a ballad by Chopin or, you know, those crazy last sections that are always put in there to be able to reach and to grab those notes with your hands, you need to be able to rotate. You need to know exactly how to position your hand when you're practicing, like to avoid any pain or stretching or, any odd issues in your hands, the Talman approach is really what helped. Yeah. And, and you had mentioned uh, before we, we got on uh, recording this interview, something to the effect that your sister too has, has smaller hands and, yes. and, 
And I think you mentioned something about being on the cover of a Taupin approach book or something. Can you yes. talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, I think um, there's the basic rotation and alignment book, but pretty much um, there was a time in which um, when, when the Taupin approach has existed for quite some time, but they actually started wanting to put together kind of books and videos on teaching and showing some of these approaches and showing how to teach like students. And that is something that's really important to Mary. And yes. so um, for many of the kind of images, they're actually taken in my parents' house at home, like with my <laughs> sister and I. And, you know, I was just looking it up and like there's a on the cover, there's me holding a book underneath my sister's like wrist to show like how to have an even wrist and, and arm structure. <laughs> wow, that is fantastic. And, and and Mary being an ac- absolute expert and high-level t- teacher in this approach, wow, what an experience for you and your sister. My goodness, to have that kind of formative training. Yeah, I think it, it truly it truly allowed us to be able to like explore and understand music as well as playing piano. Like I don't if you've ever taken a a, a a lesson with Mary, Hmm. you will have colored stickers and notes like all throughout your notebooks. You know, it is just like, and we used to have like little notebooks where she would write notes, but then I, I have a, I have a a photographic memory with music. So I remember that when I would memorize like a really long piece, I could remember the orange sticker over a specific note that I needed to like move in or, you know, something like those directions, those cues, like they were so ingrained in my music. That is, that is so wonderful uh, to hear. My goodness. Um, And we were also talking before the, the podcast, we press record on this podcast that you remember physically remember certain pieces even to this day like you can sit down could you just talk a little bit about that yeah um like for example i think people will know me for playing um chopin's raindrop prelude i can sit down and play that almost anywhere at any time and mm-hmm. i think the first time i learned that piece i must have been about 12 or 13 somewhere around there And then I remember relearning it, like, as in kind of going back to it, kind of reiterating some of the approaches, making sure that I'm actually playing it correctly when I was about 17, again, because it was just like, you know, preparing for graduating. And then I remember, again, playing it at 21. And then again, at 25, you know, and this time, I realized that that's a piece that I can sit and I can look at the music at home, maybe three times. And we'll see all the notes that Mary had written. And then when it comes to, you know, meeting some friends and there's a piano at a cafe, I can sit and I can just play it. No holds bar. And it's like it's like when I was 12 or 15 or 17, you know. Oh, how delightful. And so it's really given you a lot of freedom to kind of just express um, these deep things that have been going on in your soul and in your mind for decades, really. Actually, you know that you touch on a point there. I think um, I think it's something that people talk about when they play music. But for me, um, in the way that Mary got me to feel the music as I learned it, it tied so much into like 
my like development as a person too. And so, you know, the emotions that you experience as like a teenage girl, for example, being able to play an, a Chopin piece and really just like that moment when you're thinking about your crush, for example, like tying it into the music, you know, and then subsequently, like as life moves on, you have this nostalgia associated with the music and it all kind of ties in together. That's fabulous. And so, you know, being the Taubman approach being sort of a, a, a technical foundation for musical expression really, really speaks to you, really speaks to you. I can see it kind of in your face as you re- recount um, these creative and personal development moments uh, for you as a, as a person, as a whole person, whether that's a scientist or I've got to let the audience know about your dancing too. You, you, you uh, wow. Can you tell us a little bit about sort of this, oh. this, this, um, this dancing that you're, you're involved you know, in? You know, I don't is, know how to explain it, but go ahead. <laughs> I used to, you know, I used to, so I grew up dancing ballet also. We, we like did it all growing wow. up. Um, and, um, and in, in, gra- in undergrad, I, I had gotten really into ballroom dancing. And I just remember that like anything that has this tie into the music or the arts, I was like, I want to conquer it. So then it was like, that's the next thing that I'm going to do. But, um, I do, I, I will be honest. There are times where I do miss dancing like that. So like, you know, any opportunity that I get, I do, do go and dance, but dance and music and the arts were just so integral to like my own personal way of like expressing myself. So yeah, I, I, I was a dancer for a while. I, you know, even now, um, for example, my parents came and we went to see the Boston Symphony Orchestra and we saw Tchaikovsky piano concerto number one and it felt like I felt like her on stage like I felt the emotions there and we're about to go see the Nutcracker and so for me I still keep all of these um all of these you know experiences that I am not necessarily a part of but they are still part of my life and they are just so important to me and and bring me nostalgia you know yeah absolutely so if you were to talk to folks that are curious about the Talman approach and maybe, you know, at parents looking for a, a Talman approach teacher that they could bring their young one to, to, to begin learning this, this, um, approach, what would you say to them in turn, if they're kind of like, oh, I don't know if this is for me. I don't know if this is for my family. Um, what would you say? I would say do it. Um, I, I think um, like my, you know, I, I've even gone to the Galensky Institute, like summer symposiums and wonderful. Um, I think um, when it, like, I, I actually think about in the future, if I have a family and if I have children that I would have my child play the piano and I would want them to learn the Talman approach because there is something about taking almost like in a way, if someone from the outside looked at piano playing and didn't understand the true practice of it, they would almost think of it as like an innate talent that someone has that they could just sit at the piano and play it. But there is just so much of a method and a practice to the way that one can play piano that can be truly transformative. And 
I, I think back, I think sometimes I, I got nervous or I lost my own faith in my own ability. But then when you can learn and you can practice and you can experience the ability to tackle a piece and, and perform it. And even like, you know, for example, win a competition with it or something that can be just groundbreaking for a young person. And, um, that's why I would say that the teachings of the Talman approach and even like Mary as a teacher, so important and like definitely worth it. That's fabulous. And, and it, it sounds like the Talman approach also spoke to you as a lifelong learner. I can tell you have a curious mind and you're, you're exploring this world and, um, the, to be a, a constant and consistent learner, um, how did that kind of frame your, your mindset? It sounds like it impacted your mindset as well. It did. Um, I think, uh, so there's something that I think I carry and I'm still kind of figuring it out, but, um, I have a constant drive to, um, not necessarily achieve perfection, but achieve excellence or be able to tackle something new. And when it came to the piano, for example, and that this is like very much so my early upbringing, mm-hmm. um, I would, it would feel so satisfying to know, okay, I have this concert, we're working on this piece to be able to play it and play it well you really achieve a true satisfaction. So then when it came to moving on to other things like, you know, tackling science or to tackle, um, you know, art or even anything in life, um, I, I realized that the method is truly what's going to be able to get you to achieve that goal, to get a really interesting result in the lab. And the persistence is truly important. Um, I think even now, I may sound like I'm, I'm super positive, but even now I have moments where I feel like I'm going to give up, you know, whether it's at work or, you know, in the kitchen, for example. Right, exactly. Um, but that, but being able to learn that persistence from a young age meant that I can carry it forward in anything that I, I work on. Uh, what a gift Mary Moran is and what a gift uh, the Taubman approach has, has been to so many of us. Where can folks find more about you? Um, I'm going to include your website, of course, in the in the show notes. Any other areas that we can find more about you as a person and people can get in touch with you? Oh, yeah. Um, so I have an Instagram um, for my art. So it's at Lena Bagapelli Artist. And then... Um, I was recently actually featured um, on my company's website. So I actually talk about the intersection of art and science um, in my work. And so um, I work for Shape Therapeutics. And so um, I will also share the link there where there's a video kind of following me painting and also following me in the lab as well. Wow, that is fantastic. Well, congratulations and all of your brilliant success and and. I know that our audience is going to be so inspired by your inter- interdisciplinary approach to life. And, and, and that certainly resonates with a lot of folks that are in the Taubman approach as lifelong learners. And uh, maybe uh, our audience can also see you at a Galansky Institute in person at some point. Yes, I would love to go back. Um, it's on my bucket list to come back. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. 
Well, thank you so much for joining us today on the Inside the Talman Approach podcast.